Buried beneath the rubble of time are stories of God's sovereign hand moving in our great nation. Many believers, hopeless, frustrated, and confused, have all but given up on America. But we have faced dark times before, and by divine providence, overcome. From our studio on Capitol Hill, I'm your host, Joe Kirby, along with Pastor Mike Creed, Aaron Cruz, and Andrew Friedenstein. Last week, we took a look at compassion and humility and how that can make a difference as we see our nation in turmoil. But how can confrontation be linked with compassion? Today, we're going to look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 11, where it says, When Peter was come to Antioch, Paul speaking said, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. How do we see compassion in this story here? Andrew, why don't you explain that for us? So this is kind of an epic event that's happening here, that two apostles are coming into a confrontation. Sometimes we might dramatize it and think of maybe like an okay corral and two opponents. It's not really what was going on here. These are not opponents. These are brothers in Christ, but there's an issue that has to be dealt with, and Paul Uh, is going to have to deal with it. Verse 12 kind of gives us the background. For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So Peter's sitting there having lunch and dinner, whatever, with all the Gentiles, no problems. And then the Jews uh, come from the church at Jerusalem, and all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, I can't eat with Gentiles anymore. And so now there's a confusion because Paul's preaching the gospel. Preacher's preaching the, preaching the gospel. But when the Jews come, they see a difference in action that contradicts the gospel that they were just uh, preaching. Because we know, uh, you know, back in those days, there was definitely a lot of prejudice and really racism, but based on different nationalities there. You know, Jews pretty much hated everybody else, and Gentiles hated Jews, and Samaritans were hated by everybody and hated everybody. So there's a lot of this going on in the gospel. Paul and Peter were preaching. says, hey, the gospel breaks down all those barriers. I mean, we see that in the book of Acts and all those things. But then Peter is preaching that, and then Jews walk in the room, and all of a sudden Peter's not living that. And it was interesting because Peter was the one who God showed that, who revealed that to Because at first they were going to the Jews only, and he had that vision where he saw that sheet come down and filled with all the different animals and that's where uh, God showed him, no, the gospel is for the Gentiles, it's for the entire world. And he came and brought that truth to the church of Jerusalem where these Jews had come from. So now he's the one who had been who had seen that. He's sitting there, Paul's sitting there, and they're excited to fellowship with these Gentiles. Then these to the Jews come, he gets carried away. And really it's that, that fear of man that brought us a snare, that respect of persons that saw a difference in this group versus this group, and it really brought a, a lot of uh, uh, hurt and conflict right here. Yeah, we and can see that there in uh, verse number 13. Verse 13, he, he uses the word dissembled and dissimulation. And the, the thought of the word there is hypocrisy, to judge, to pretend. And they were pretenders. I mean, they had, he had, he jumped, they jumped right in with this man. In fact, Barnabas here in this verse he changes the crowds. I mean, Barnabas is known from Acts chapter 9 with the Apostle Paul when he got saved on the road to Damascus, 
Acts chapter 13, the Antioch church. He is one of those folks that was behind the scenes discipling and uh, just helping individuals. And here we find he, uh, he's linked with the word dissimulation, which means hypocrisy. And, and it's a shame that, that that happened. I mean, these are all good people who preached the gospel, who uh, saw many saved, and that was their desire of their heart. But yet this whole confrontation created something uh, that was a, a big problem. Verse 14 says, but when I, Paul, Paul speaking here, but when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the gospel, the truth of the, truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all. So, I mean, he made this a public situation. Yeah, the Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 5, open rebuke is better than secret love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know, rebuke, if it's done with kindness and consideration, and if it's prayerfully administered towards that person, it can really cement or forge that friendship further rather than weaken that friendship. According to the truth. According to the truth. You know, we say that, you know, that's a tough thing. Open rebuke can be a tough thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it takes good people to deal with that on both sides and the bible has it here i love this example because we all know that's a tough thing we say that and it's a tough thing but the bible proves here and gives a great illustration of how it can be done and that it should be done at times notice uh in the in verse 14 it uses the thought according to the truth of the gospel and I noticed in this chapter when I, I read it, I just circled the word gospel in verse 2. They preached the gospel to the Gentiles. And, and then uh, when you look down at verse 7 and the grace of God in verse 9, and then you come to this verse and, and verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law but by faith of Jesus Christ, the gospel makes the difference in this situation. Absolutely, and that's what was being hindered by their sin. And that's why Paul said, I've got to confront this, because the gospel is not going forward. So it's sin, this hypocrisy, this segmenting of people here, this double standard is hindering the gospel. You know, that was true back then, it's true today. It is absolutely true today. And it's amazing because... When we look at this, we're looking at Peter and Paul and, and Barnabas and, and the conflict there. Um, but really, who was getting hurt? You have the Jews coming in and Peter moving. But you have these Gentiles who, I mean, they had received the gospel. They're, they're sitting down with these, with these preachers, and there's a fellowship, a meal going on here. And then they are the ones being looked down upon, disrespected, and really in a way, shamed by these preachers moving. I mean, it says there that the other Jews dissembled likewise with them, and Barnabas. So, I mean, this whole group of, of men of God left them. I mean, these, these young believers, and Paul, you know, for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the truth, said, I have to do something. So his compassion for these Gentiles was a confrontation with, with these preachers, and that was... What was how this thing was corrected. And when you think about it today, we have a lot of churches all over the country. They're very missions-minded. We send the gospel to red and yellow, black and white. Man, we are all for it. 
We have faith promise. We have different ways of handling our missions, but we're going after all souls. We're reaching the world, the whosoever's of the world. Our church, uh, uh, I enjoy our church because it's a melting pot. And when you look at all the different people in our church, uh, well, I tell you, we've got we've got everything there. We've got, you know, we've got folks from uh, Dominican Republic. We've got uh, all kinds of Spanish. I mean, we have a Spanish department that's filled with all different countries. A lot of hot sauce. I mean, hallelujah! Uh, it's brother, all good. Brother Tello from Peru does this hot sauce, and he keeps it in his freezer. I mean, it probably melts the ice in his freezer, but <laughs> he brings it to us, and it blows our stack. You know, uh, you know, at services. But uh, and then we have Filipinos, and and we have blacks, and we have whites, and we have Europeans, and we have Japanese, and twenty three nationalities at one time. Uh, one that really stands out is is those that are from West Virginia. They they really kind of throw horrible. everything off. That is horrible. They, they throw everything off in the church, okay? But, but the gospel brings it all together. Yeah, the gospel yeah. can really reach down and save those people from West Virginia. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The gospel transcends all. <laughs> yeah. you know, the, and you know, I think of the thing that I guess is somewhat maybe puzzling from my perspective and I think extremely hurtful is – you know, we can look out. Let me back up half a second here. We can look out and see all this chaos going around, and we can get sad, upset. We can get angry and like, man, look at all this craziness. Uh, but the answer always has been and always will be the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need to get saved. And then those that are saved were to live according to the gospel, were to live according to uh, Jesus Christ and his ways. But I see with what you're talking about, we send missionaries all over the world. And I see, and you get it in the mail, you know, uh, every pastor does all these marketing plants and all these, hey, advertise with us. And there's, it, it crushes me to see that in some gospel preaching churches, they have, I mean, it's literally a business plan. It's not a church plan. It's not a gospel plan. It's a business plan that they will market to certain segments of the society, especially economic ones. If you want a good church, you need to market to these people that make X amount of dollars or live in certain communities. And that's what, quote, unquote, churches are doing. I, I had a pastor friend tell me, he said, if you don't have, like, nose rings and earrings and tattoos, he said, you're not getting the gospel out. And what he was saying to me was, they've got to start from somewhere. They've got to come in and they've got to get saved if they're going to grow. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we stop them before they even get in the doors uh, the gospel is to whosoever will. Sometimes a preacher friend of mine says it, and I love it. If we're not careful, house, uh, churches will turn into museums, and we all look at each other and we're all nice, when in fact churches should be hospitals mm-hmm. for the sick and the lame to come in with the gospel. Come however you are, and the answer is just the gospel to every question. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the life of Peter, you know we see him as a as a young disciple and just – loud and boisterous and, and telling Jesus he was wrong. You know, you're not going to die and, and I'll, I'll, I'll die for you. And he, he was always putting his foot in his mouth and then God uses him and repents and he preaches at Pentecost. And then we have the situation here where he's preaching and people are getting saved and yet he makes a wrong decision here. But then I, I come back to, uh, you see later in his life, you look at First Peter chapter 4, verse 17, it says, For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first began in us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And he begins to just show us, like, we have to obey the gospel. We have to do what's right. We have to follow. We have to share that truth. We have to live that truth. And Peter, he didn't, he changed, he grew. Sometimes preachers are afraid to change. If we are growing in Christ, there's going to be change. Mm-hmm. Whether we're a young preacher, middle-aged preacher, older preacher, growing in Christ means there are changes. There are things that we need to do to conform to the image of Christ. And we, we can't be afraid of that because that is what the gospel does and continues to do in our life and in our ministry. I want to bring something out here real quick that to tag on to what you're saying there, and I think it's so relevant to the day and age we live in. So you have Paul and Peter. Paul confronts Peter. How different today it seems to be if someone does one wrong thing, it is, you know, all guns on that person. Let's blow them into oblivion um, because they did something that's wrong. And that's seen in just about every segment. It's within the church. It is, you know, out in politics and society. One person does a mistake, boom, blow them out of the Let's destroy their life because they did, they had a bad day or they said something or, wrong. Or for one tweet. Or for one tweet. I mean, people's entire lives are being destroyed for one. And here's the thing. We can sit there and look at that and say, that's horrible. But truth be told, we're being a hypocrite because we've done it within the church. I've seen it. We all here at this table have seen it. And if we're not careful, we don't allow anyone any room for growth. Well, I'm not where you are, and you made a mistake back over there. I'm going to blast you into oblivion and not offer any forgiveness, not confront someone privately maybe or help them and counsel them privately. I mean, this here was a, was a public issue and need to be dealt with publicly between Peter and Paul. But there's no grace. There's no forgiveness. And I have many times looked out at the news and all this stuff and just been infuriated by someone put a bad tweet and their whole life gets destroyed. I mean, their livelihood, they have a family and they're trying to figure out how to feed them. And everyone's just there. I mean, they're trying to kill some people over a tweet. Someone put a tweet out and now their life is literally in danger. This is absurd. We can get mad about that or we can turn our eyes inward and say, you know what? If we're not careful, we can do, we have done the same thing in the church and we can do it. Instead of just realizing Peter and Paul, these are great men. These are fantastic. If our ministry is one-tenth of theirs, man, we're going to be ecstatic. We're going to be like, yes, this is awesome, one-tenth. But yes, someone made a mistake. It was confronted because it was affecting the gospel directly, and it was made right. What if Paul never would have offered that, that confrontation of love and of truth and given Peter a chance to make it right? I mean, would it have stayed divided, stay separated? Yeah, it's very likely, and that's why he said his motivation was for the truth of the gospel. The gospel is for reaching everybody everywhere, and in this passage, there's no prejudice in the gospel, and it's imperative that we as Christ followers learn to see somebody in need and reach out to that person Mm -hmm. with love and compassion, and no matter who they are, doesn't matter their color of their skin. We just learn to love them like Jesus loves people. And I think that's a key t- uh, time during this uh, time in our history. Acts chapter 10, Paul went, or Peter went to Cornelius 
And that's the scripture where we find God is no respecter of persons. And that big sheet that had yes. the shrimp and the crab. Yes. The pork chops. And crab. All the wonderful things Hallelujah. that we love to eat. Amen. <laughs> and uh, God taught Peter a great lesson there. And he's still learning in this portion of scripture. May we ever be learning as, as preachers, as leaders, allowing God to just mold and shape our hearts and lives because the gospel is for everyone. And we need to make sure that our ministries and our lives are focused on not just a demographic, but whoever God brings our way. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope it was a a blessing and a help to you as we see this world. Don't get focused on the world. Get focused on the scripture. God's word has the answers. You'll find the answer in Christ today. Thank you for listening.